Allison Carter with the Milestones Podcast. This is episode 64, and today I will be talking about the topic of crossing midline. I have talked about this in some of my previous shows, but haven't taken the time to focus on it specifically. I'm actually surprised that I haven't done this yet. You could probably ask just about anyone that I work with, and they would most likely say that crossing midline and issues with this are things that I talk about all the time with families and other therapists. Anyway, I'm going to get into it today. We'll talk about what midline is, what crossing midline means, why crossing the midline is so important, what are some examples and activities that involve crossing midline, also what causes people to have difficulty with crossing midline, including reflexes and diagnoses that can put kids at risk for having issues with this. There really is a lot that goes into this topic. Crossing midline is something that is relevant to every single person on earth. In the last show, I talked about being independent and participating in daily life activities. While this is something that can definitely get in the way of a person being or becoming independent if we don't recognize it and try to work on it. Before I get into more details on crossing midline, I would like to mention that there are are times when I feel like I'm on an island talking to myself when I do these shows. It really does help me to continue on with putting out new shows and new content for you guys when I get feedback from you. There are so many ways that you can get feedback that will let me know you're actually out there listening and getting something useful out of my shows. One way, and this seems like the most archaic way to me, is sending me an email. But these are still very helpful to me and I get emails and I will respond to them. So just send me a quick message that says you're listening and some thoughts about the show. Maybe what other topics or things you would like me to talk about, for example. My email address is allison at mymidwesttherapy.com. If you want to let me know if you are a therapist or a parent or possibly what state or country you live in, that is always interesting information for me to get as well but you definitely don't have to give me any of that. You can also follow me on Instagram and message me there or tag me in one of your posts would be great. Instagram is actually my preferred social media site, so you will see the most activity and up-to-date postings on there. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter, although to be honest, I don't update or post there as much as I know I should. I still do get on there and try to post things when I think of it. I love doing this show and I want to continue, and I don't get paid for doing it, and all of the content is given to you for free, so if you want to show some support for my show, but in some way that will also let me make a little bit of money, you can also do your normal Amazon shopping using the links on my website, mymidwesttherapy.com. I have many areas posted that have links to Amazon. All you have to do is click on one of them then do your normal Amazon shopping. You won't even know that you've helped me, really, but it will give me just a small percentage of whatever you purchase. Many of you have been doing this for me already, and I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. One final option is to get on Amazon. Again, probably using one of the links from my website first. Then, once you get there, add my book to your cart and purchase it. My book is called Play With Your Food, how to get your toddler to eat. It's on Amazon 
for a reasonable fee of $6.50 U.S. U.S. And free shipping with Prime. It's a really good deal, and I think you will get something out of the book, especially if you have young infants and toddlers, or if you work with kids in some capacity that you help work on eating and feeding issues or concerns. Okay, enough of the spiel for today. My main goal here is to get more feedback from you all so I can make sure that you are listening and that you're finding the show worthwhile. So whichever way you would like to let me know that, I can assure you it will make my day. Now on to the topic of midline. What is this midline thing all about? When I'm talking about midline, I'm talking about the area straight down the middle of your body. So if you were to stand up, and have someone take a marker and draw a line from the middle of your forehead and continue all the way down to the floor. Anything on that line is the midline of your body. If you have two legs, the midline of your body will not actually touch the floor while you are standing up. However, I still consider the space between your two legs and feet all the way from your body to the floor to also be part of the midline. Anything on the right side of this line is considered right of midline and the other side left of midline. Now think about space around you in the environment where you are standing. Let's say you're standing in the kitchen of your house facing the stove. Imagine the midline of your body now and imagine that line extending straight out to where the stove is. Anything that would be touching that line is considered to be at midline of your body. Anything to the right or left, obviously right or left side of midline. Now, let's say you turn your body to the left one quarter turn. Now, the stove is next to your right arm and leg, and you are facing something else like the kitchen sink. So now the area, the kitchen sink, is at your midline, and the stove is to the right side of midline. You get the idea. Of course, we don't always move in this black and white type way, but I wanted to give the picture to make it clear. I think you get the idea of where midline is now, and it may seem very simple and obvious, but once we get into crossing midline and other things associated with this idea, the picture tends to get a little less clear sometimes. Hopefully, I'll be able to get you there and keep it all in focus. Now that we've established where midline is, we can talk about crossing midline. You cross midline anytime something from the right side of midline crosses the line down the middle of your body over to the left side of the line and vice versa. The things that are most able to physically cross that line are your arms, hands, legs, and feet. You also cross midline with your eyes, although this is often less obvious. The thing that tends to make this all tricky is that, as I said, we usually don't move our bodies in this black and white way where we turn our whole body in a straight line at the same time. We move a lot, especially kids. So this is where being good observers comes into play. If you know what to look for, you will be able to see signs of midline crossing issues by just watching a child play. More on that in just a minute, though. True true crossing midline will happen when your feet, body, and head stay facing straight ahead while you reach across to the left side of your body to pick something up with your right hand. However, like I was saying before, we never really move this way during everyday life activities. When we are evaluating or assessing a child for midline issues, we need to set up situations that will encourage them to either sit or stand 
and not move their body while reaching to see if they can do it. That can be easier said than done, as with many things with kids, but I will give you some examples in a minute. First, I wanted to talk about why crossing midline is so important. So far, I have been referencing crossing midline with your body and body parts. This is something that happens a lot with our hands and arms especially, but we also cross our legs and feet too. This is important because if you don't cross midline with your hands, for example, either both hands will practice fine motor skills separately and you will have a difficult time establishing a dominant hand for activities like handwriting, but also activities that include using two hands to complete them will be very difficult for them to do. And I often see kids give up very quickly with these types of activities because they're difficult. The other thing I see is that the child will establish a dominant hand and prefer to use only that one hand and will basically, in a way, ignore the opposite hand. They do this by continuing to move their body to position themselves so that their dominant hand is always closer to the activity that they are doing. That way, it doesn't have to cross midline to reach things. They just turn their body so that that side of their body is closer to the objects. Learning gross motor skills like crawling, walking, running, walking upstairs, alternating feet can be difficult for kids with issues crossing midline. Sitting crisscross applesauce or even just sitting with one leg crossed over the other can also be hard. Learning to read and write can be affected due to issues with their eyes. Being able to look across to the other side of their body to read words on both pages of their books. They may learn to write on only one side of the paper, which can include not only the visual piece, but also the physical, where they physically can't reach the left side of the paper with their right hand. For example, unless they move the paper over to the right side of midline, or turn their body so their right side is closer to where the paper or the desk is. One aspect of this that I haven't mentioned yet, but it is just as important as the rest of it, is that crossing midline also happens in your brain. In the middle or midline of your brain, you have what's called the corpus callosum. This is tissue that runs down the middle of your brain. It is the way that both hemispheres or the left and right sides of your brain communicate with each other. This is a very simplified explanation, of course, but I don't think we need to get too technical here. I can also put some links in the show notes for more detailed information if you want to read about it. Without adequate communication between the left and right sides, it can affect our balance, coordination and movements, learning, memory, and a lot more. According to an article in Medical News Today from June of 2017, quote, typically the corpus callosum will form in the brain between 12 and 16 weeks after conception and near the end of the first trimester of pregnancy. It will continue to develop throughout childhood. By the time a child is 12 years old, their corpus callosum will have finished developing. It will then remain unchanged into adulthood and throughout the rest of their life, end quote. This type of information does help us see what the potential benefits of early identification and early intervention could be for kids with these issues. The corpus callosum continues to develop until around the age 12 years. So we really need to get these kids help early when we can probably make the most difference. 
Okay, next I want to get into more examples of activities that involve crossing midline. There are so many out there because we all do so many activities on a daily basis that involve crossing midline, whether you even know it or not. Some activities include putting on socks and shoes, jackets, managing zippers and buttons on clothing. I mentioned earlier reading a book or reading from a board on a classroom wall and being able to visually scan all the way across both sides. Gross motor skills, starting with rolling, army crawling, crawling on hands and knees, walking by alternating feet, and walking up and down steps, placing one foot on a step, and alternating feet once they have reached the appropriate typical age for these things, of course. Not only doing these motor skills, but doing them in a way that is safe. They're not tripping on the ground or doing the sideways shuffle walk slash run instead of forward facing and alternating feet equally. Dribbling a soccer ball using their feet to keep the ball moving forward while they are running behind it at the same time. Also dribbling or bouncing a basketball using their hands to bounce it from one hand to the other. Also using both hands to shoot the ball. Cutting things out of magazines or cutting coupons out of the paper holding the paper with one hand and using the scissors with the other to move around the parts that you're trying to keep or cut out. Simply holding a toothbrush with one hand and putting toothpaste on it with the other hand. Drying your hair with a hair dryer and managing to get both sides of your head dry using the same hand the whole time or the majority of the time because it's your dominant hand. Swinging a baseball bat around from one side to the other to hit a ball. Sitting in a chair and crossing one leg over the other. Or sitting on the floor with legs crossed. These are just some of the functional, everyday, or typical life type of activities that kids and adults might do to give you some examples. Now, I'm assuming that when we are doing these activities that I just mentioned, we're doing them in a way that allows the right and left sides of our bodies and brain to cross over and to work together. However, kids that have issues with crossing midline may be able to do many of these activities also. So you might think, well, then there's no problem. But there just might still be a problem. If they are compensating, meaning either using one hand or the other, like using their left hand to get things that are on the left side and right hand to get things that are on their right side, or turning their body towards the preferred direction to allow them to not have to cross midline, then there definitely is a problem, or at least it could lead to one if it continues. Let me give you a specific example. I've seen this so many times when working with kids who have midline issues. Let's say you give the child a plastic toy bucket with a handle. Then you ask them to go around the room and find all of the toy cars on the floor that you've spread out for them. Seems like no problem. They take the bucket in their right hand, walk up to the first toy car, but you notice they are standing just slightly to the left of the car, but facing it. They set the bucket down on the floor with their right hand next to the outside of their right foot and then use the same hand, the right hand, to pick up the car, put it into the bucket, and pick up the bucket with the now empty right hand and continue on to the next one and repeat. They are not coordinating 
or reaching across the midline, but they are getting the task done by compensating and doing it the way that their body understands. What you were ideally wanting them to do was to walk up to the toy and stop facing it, but with the toy at their midline, which in this case means the car is basically in the space between their feet. Holding the bucket in their right hand, they reach down with their left hand, pick up the toy, and put it into the bucket that is being held by their right hand on the right side of their body. This is where you actually get them to cross the midline. It is also encouraging and reinforcing both hands to work together in a coordinated manner. As anyone who has ever been around toddlers or young children would know, getting them to do the ideal thing in any situation is not always easy, and it can be even more difficult when the child has midline issues. Following them around to each car and helping position them or the car in the ideal place takes some effort. Then keeping them both in the correct position so as to encourage them to either reach down at midline or reach across to the opposite side to pick up the cars and put them in the bucket. Sometimes the first challenge is getting the child to hold the bucket with one hand and continue holding the bucket. They get to be pretty quick about setting it down to try and use only the same hand for both parts of the activity. Even if they don't mean to put it down, they often accidentally drop it or drop it without even noticing. This can be so challenging for some kids to train their brain to focus on both hands doing different things, but at the same time. Plus, when you add in the moving or navigating around the room, squatting down, standing back up, visually scanning the room for more cars, trying to reach across with the opposite hand to put the toys in the bucket, feel very tiring for them. This, at first glance, seems like a very simple activity, but the more you get into it, the more you can see their little brains are doing a lot of work. If the moving around part is too difficult for everyone involved, you probably need to back up and maybe just work on this in a sitting position. I do this a lot of times with kids when they are finished with a puzzle or a shape sorter or any activity where they have to clean up the pieces at the end. I have them or I help them hold a large Ziploc baggie in one hand and put the pieces into the baggie with the opposite hand, all while just sitting still. There are tons of variations on this activity and all of them are worthwhile. They can sit on the floor or sit on a balance disc or a therapy ball or stand in one place and squat and stand back up without having to walk around. You can work on half kneeling, all these different positions. You may even have to change and you hold the baggie and then you move it to the opposite side of whatever hand they are holding the toy in to put it in. They will likely try and switch the toy to the other hand without crossing midline. So you have to be watching for this. I do find that a helpful strategy can be to just gently nudge or try to block the hand you are trying to prevent from taking the toy. And most of the time, you can see their brain at first trying to process this and register what to do next. Then, in time, they will go ahead and reach across midline and put the toy away like you're wanting them to. Sometimes this is still too difficult for them and you literally have to help guide their hand to move across to the opposite side of their body. Again, I find that it usually doesn't take too long and they are able to figure out how to do it at least during that session or time 
that you're trying it with them. It may be another learning curve the next time you try it, but eventually it should become easier and easier for them with enough practice and repetition. Each time you do this with them, especially when they are the ones that are making the motor plan and carrying it through, you are building those pathways in their brains. The more repetition they get with this, the stronger those pathways or connections are between the right and left sides of the brain, and they hopefully continue to make progress from there. I seem to have moved into some strategies and activities to do, so I'm going to go ahead and continue on with that while I've got this train of thought going. You guys know how I'm a big fan of having babies spend as much time on their tummies as possible when they are awake and being supervised. This leads to army crawling or belly crawling, then crawling on all fours. And if you know me at all from the show, you will know that kids cannot skip this developmental phase. They really need to crawl. Kids that have issues with crossing midline have a big reason to crawl and to continue crawling for even longer time. This activity continues to make connections between the right and left sides of the brain and body stronger and stronger. This is such an easy activity to be able to get repetition with kids. Even if they are past the crawling stage before you determine they are having issues with crossing midline, go back and have them do more crawling. You'll have to make it more fun and more of a game for them once they've become a walker because they don't always see the point. But that's where the fun animal walks come into play, obstacle courses, crawling through tunnels and homemade forts or tents in the living room, and things like that. Anything that you can think of to get them doing this motion. This is a huge activity for working on coordinating right and left arms and legs in a pattern similar to walking, plus it stabilizes the joints in their shoulders, knees, and hips, and it works on core activation in addition to so many other benefits that you've heard me talk about before. More activity ideas are things like sensory play, for example, drawing in shaving cream or pudding on a tray or on a mirror, and encouraging them to do figure eight drawings or just circular motions or even just side to side, um, both all the way across to each side with both hands. Driving cars on a track, you can make this yourself with painter's tape on the floor or on the sidewalk if you don't have tracks. Lacing cards or lacing beads or lacing pipe cleaners with beads or tubular pasta. Focus on holding each having them hold each piece in each hand and moving them from side to side rather than top to bottom to encourage the crossing over midline. Placing stickers on their arms and having them reach over to remove the stickers with the opposite hand. They can play drums on pots and pans or any other thing that makes a drumming sound with wooden spoons or other uh, objects. And placing the pans across them in a line, encouraging them to use both hands with the spoons to bang, but also to reach all the way across with the opposite hand at times. Um, Okay, so let's talk about some of the reasons why a child might have issues with crossing midline. One of the big ones is the ATNR reflex, or the asymmetrical tonic neck reflex, which I've talked about this one before quite a bit, so you may be familiar with it by now. But in case you've missed 
those episodes. This is a reflex that is often called the archer reflex because when you see somebody doing it, it appears like they are in an archer shooting a bow and a uh, bow and arrow type position. If the reflex is active when the child, the child or baby is laying on their back, you will see the hand and leg on the side that their head is facing extend out straight and the opposite side will flex up towards their body. The elbow and their knee will bend on the back side. You should see this happen on both the right and left sides. I have a picture on my Instagram site of an infant in this reflex position, and I will see if I can repost that this week to make it easier for you to find. This reflex is present at birth to help the baby get through the birth canal, and it is thought to be possibly the start of our hand-eye coordination. But by six months of age, we shouldn't see it anymore. It should become integrated around that time because we don't need it at that point. And this is the time when babies start to have more coordination with reaching and grasping toys more purposefully. So with the reflex integrated or gone, the baby has a chance to really start working on all of the skills that incorporate both the right and left sides of the brain and body working together. When the ATNR reflex doesn't go away by six months of age, we start to see some issues with crossing midline. This continues and becomes even more obvious as the child continues to grow and develop. It, develop. You will likely see some delays and milestones in certain aspects of development that involve both sides of the body working together. Think about it. If you turn your head towards the right and your right hand and arm go out straight in that same direction and your left elbow bends so that your hand is up by the back of your head now, it would be basically impossible to get both hands to connect and work together to do anything. You might think that a person who is facing forward then would be fine, but still the hands have trouble working together on activities because both sides of the brain are thinking separately still. Another disorder that can affect crossing midline is called agenesis of the corpus callosum. This is where part or all of the corpus callosum is missing. For one reason or another, it didn't completely develop. There are other types of corpus callosum conditions, such as dysgenesis, which is a malformation of the corpus callosum, where it just it doesn't form correctly or hyperplasia, which is where the tissue of the corpus callosum might be too thin. You might guess with any of these conditions, the possibility is there that the child will have issues with right and left sides of the brain connecting or communicating with each other. Babies that were born drug exposed can be at higher risk for issues with crossing midline due to potential damage in various parts of the brain. Infants and children who are at risk for autism or that have a diagnosis of autism might demonstrate some issues with this as well. You might also see this with kids who have cerebral palsy or brachial plexus injury. And there could be many more other reasons why someone is having issues with crossing midline. Sometimes it's unknown. So if I haven't mentioned it here, it's just because I can't possibly list every single cause or potential cause. Just know what to look for and what activities to focus on to try and make some changes if you see it going on. I think I will end there for today. I went on just probably a little bit longer than I had planned. Keep in, 
keep an eye out in the next couple of weeks. I'm coming up on the one-year anniversary of my first episode being released, and I plan on having an extra show that week in celebration of the anniversary. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great day.